listening to Abiding Hope Church's podcast of our weekly sermons. For more information about our church, please visit abidinghope.org. The centering text for today is from the 8th chapter of Romans. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received a spirit of adoption. When we cry, Abba, Father, it is that very spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If, in fact, we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory about to be revealed to us, for the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the children of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not of its own will, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to decay and will obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. Here ends the reading. May the seed of God's word take root and bear fruit in our lives. Grace, mercy, and peace be with you. In the name of our risen Savior, Jesus the Christ. Several years ago, a friend of mine told me a story about a co-worker of hers who went for a hike in the mountains. It was a beautiful day, and they were walking down this great path. They had picked up a big walking stick while they were walking, and everything seemed perfect until they had this feeling that something was behind them, right? They could, they could feel it behind them. They could hear it behind them. So they turned around, and on the path behind them was a huge bear. They didn't have any idea what to do, so they just stopped and waited, hoping that the bear would leave, but the bear didn't go anywhere. So this woman, she started going through all the wilderness survival tips that she had ever heard. But she couldn't remember if this was like a stay still and be quiet kind of situation, or if it was a get big and be loud situation. She didn't know. So she chose option B. She lifted her walking stick above her head, and she yelled at the bear as loud as she could. She yelled, our father who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. And by the time she got to, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, the bear was gone. I love that story so much because I picture this woman kind of like one of the sand people in Star Wars, like holding her stick above her head and just yelling, but yelling the Lord's Prayer. It's a funny image, but I also appreciate the fact that when this woman had no idea what to do and no idea what to say, It was the Lord's prayer that came out of her mouth. She told my friend that she didn't plan on praying this prayer. It was just there when she needed it. And some prayers are like that. They're so familiar to us that they become part of us. They're just there for us when we need them, kind of like our next breath. I've seen this prayer do amazing things for people when I've been maybe at the hospital or at a nursing home, with someone who seems to be unconscious, and yet they're able to mouth the Lord's Prayer as I pray it. Or when I've been with people who have lost their memories because of a disease, they don't know who they are or where they are, yet somehow they know the words of this prayer. It seems like a miracle every time it happens. 
I think there's something to be said for rote prayer, because rote prayer becomes muscle memory for us. And that's what the Lord's Prayer is for many people. It's a prayer that's so familiar that people don't even have to think about it. And so we rarely think about it. So I'm grateful during this season of Lent that we're taking time to really pause and look at this prayer, line by line, to think about what it means, because there is beauty and there is depth in this prayer that that we might miss if we're only saying it through tears or screaming it at bears. Some theologians will tell you that all you need to know about this prayer, you can learn in the first two words, Our Father. When I learned this prayer, that's what we called it. We called it the Our Father. Although until I sat down to write this sermon, I didn't really spend much time thinking about what those two words meant. Our Father. It's a communal word, right? It's not my father. It's not your father. It's our father. And you know what it means if we have the same father? It means we're part of the same family. The Lord's Prayer is used by almost every religious uh, Christian group in the world. It's used by Lutherans, it's used by Catholics, it's used by by Baptists and Evangelicals and Episcopalians, even the Missouri Synod uses it. We all say, Our Father. And the Lord's Prayer has been translated into almost every language in the world, right? People say it in English and in Russian and in Creole and in Arabic and in Swahili and in Chinese. Christians all around the world use their own tongues to say, Our Father. No matter what tradition we come from, no matter where we live, no matter what language we speak, we are all praying to the same Father because we are all part of the same family. And that's a really beautiful realization in a world that feels so divided all of the time. The second word in this prayer is just as important as the first, although I think this word trips more people up than the first word. When the disciples asked Jesus how to pray, he said, say this, say, our Father. See, God is God, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, there are no words that will ever adequately describe God. We try to use the words that we do have to convey some truth about God, but any words that we use will always be inadequate. They'll always be imperfect. When talking to the disciples about prayer, Jesus uses the language that he has, limited although it is, to try to get them to think about God in the most intimate and relational way possible. He said, call God your Father. The word Father had to have been a powerful and loving word for Jesus, and I think that says a lot about his relationship with Joseph, his earthly father. I think it also says a lot about the power you stepfathers and adoptive fathers have in your children's lives. Jesus talked about God as Father because the word Father must have meant love to him. Now, I know that not everyone has a positive association with the word Father. Some of us had abusive fathers or absent fathers or fathers who were emotionally unavailable or no father at all. Words can be loaded, so if the word Father doesn't work for you, that's okay. Each Sunday during Lent, we're going to explore different versions of the Lord's Prayer, and different versions of this prayer use different words for God. Some of them will use Father, but some will use Mother. Some will use Parent. Some will use Life Giver. 
The word that you choose is not important. It's the idea behind the word that's important. Jesus tells his disciples, tells us to address God in the most familiar, most intimate, most loving way that we can imagine. And that's pretty amazing. Because a lot of people think of God as this this distant God, this angry God, this judgmental God who's just waiting to smite us. But Jesus says, no, think of God as the one who tucks you in at night. Think of God as the one who pulls you close and holds you when you're afraid. Think of God as the one who wipes the tears from your face, the one who's there for you no matter what. Think of God as the one who loves you even when you mess up and the one who challenges you to be your best self just like a good parent does. Jesus doesn't tell the disciples to call God Father because he wants us to think of God as a man. Jesus tells us to call God Father because he wants us to think of God as the one who cares for us and provides for us and loves us no matter what. This is the kind of intimacy that Jesus had with God. When he was dying on the cross, what did he call out? He called out Abba, which is the Aramaic word for Papa or Daddy. He called out to God when he was hurting and afraid because he knew that his Abba would hear him. He knew that his Abba would show up and make it right. And three days later, God raised Jesus from the dead, proving that life and love win, proving that our Abba is there to make it right. In our first reading this morning, the Apostle Paul picks up on this thread. He writes, You have received a spirit of adoption, and we cry out, Father, Abba. With these words, Paul reminds us that we too are God's children, that God is our Father, our Abba, and that God will be there when we are afraid, when we are hurting, when we need God to make it right. In the weeks to come, we're going to be dealing with the rest of this prayer. We're going, to, we're going to look at it line by line and talk about all of the other parts. But this week, I just want to stick with those first two words. Our Father. I invite you to pray those words this week. Just those two words. If you need to be reminded that we are all part of the same human family. If you want to remember that those people who are suffering on the other side of the world, in, in Syria or Turkey or or Ukraine, or Haiti, if you want to remember that they are our sisters and brothers, pray those two words, our Father. Pray those two words if you want to be inspired to love and serve others, people who are in need of family members to show up and take care of them, maybe with our family promise. Pray those two words if you want to name and claim your own identity, your own intimate connection with God. If you want to change the word father, do it. Change it to a word that symbolizes for you something intimate and loving and life-giving. Pray those two words, though, when you need to know that you are protected, when you need to know that you are loved, when you need to know that God will be there for you and that nothing, nothing that you will ever do will separate you from the love of that God. And the next time you go hiking, Bring a walking stick and those two words. Because as I understand it, even bears recognize the power of this prayer. Thanks be to God. Amen.